weeks of closed-door meetings, rumors, and promises, Senate negotiators finally revealed their plan to confront four different national security emergencies. The $118 billion package provides $60 billion to help support Ukraine, $14.1 billion for Israel, $4.8 billion to deal with China's growing reach, and perhaps the most important ingredient, $20 billion to fund a series of changes to the U.S. migration system. The border component, designed to win over skeptical House Republicans who've been forecasting for weeks the potential deal may not be enough. Speaker Johnson posting overnight, quote, this bill is even worse than we expected, adding, if this bill reaches the House, it will be dead on arrival. Republicans in the Senate have called this the most conservative border proposal in a generation. It cuts off all migration when more than 5,000 people attempt to enter on a given day. It expands the number of detention facilities facilities and raises the standard for migrants to qualify for asylum. But House Republicans who count immigration among their most important issues are feeling pressure from their base and former President Trump to oppose the package and instead place the blame for the border crisis on President Biden. The border is a disaster. Nobody's ever seen a border like this. Pressed by Kristen Welker on Meet the Press, Speaker Mike Johnson denied that Trump was exerting influence over his conference. Is Donald Trump calling the shots here, Mr. Speaker? Of course not. He's not calling the shots. I am calling the shots for the House. A new NBC News poll shows voters trust Trump more than Biden to deal with the border by 35 points. Now, with the proposal on the table, Republicans will be forced to decide between dealing with the issue now or wait and hope it will compel their voters to the polls in November. Senator, what do you say to Speaker Johnson, who says this bill is worse than he thought or whatever it was he said? I mean, how does one not see how these House Republicans are responding to this bill as not the hand of Trump and even Putin at play? And, and what do you say to Speaker Johnson directly I say about to Speaker how Johnson, they're playing this? Yeah, I say to Speaker Johnson, don't let the 30 hard right uh, people in the House who are extreme. They wanted us to default. They wanted the government not to pay its debts. They wanted us, um, to the government to shut down. They're extremists. And they're running your show. Do the right thing. You know what the right thing to do is. You know we need to fix our border. You know that it has to be bipartisan. The bill that you passed didn't get a single Democratic vote in the House or the Senate. How are you going to get anything done? Or do you just want to make a speech as you admittedly say the border is, you say the border's in chaos. Do something about it. Don't just politically posture. Another economic hangover after the pandemic is a sharp increase in the national debt. 30 years from now, it is projected to be $144 trillion or $1 million per household. How do you assess the national debt? We mostly try very hard not to comment on fiscal policy and, and, uh, you know, instruct Congress on how to do their job when actually they have oversight over us. But is the national debt a danger to the economy, in your view? In the long run, the U.S. is on an unsustainable fiscal path. The U.S. federal government is on an unsustainable fiscal path. And that just means that the debt is growing faster than the economy. I have the sense this worries you very much. Over the long run, of course it does. You know, we're effectively, we're borrowing from future generations. It's time for us to get back to putting a priority on fiscal sustainability. And and sooner is better than later. Daniel Dewey. Uh, 
I think she did great when she ran Michigan for me. I think she did okay initially in the RNC. I would say right now uh, there'll probably be some changes made. Have you ruled out strikes inside Iran? Well, sitting here today on a national news program, I'm not going to get into what we've ruled in and ruled out from the point of view of military action. What I will say is that the president is determined to respond forcefully to attacks on our people. The president also is not looking for a wider war in the Middle East. But is it off the table? Are strikes inside Iran off the table? Uh, Again, Kristen, sitting here on television, it would not be wise for me Uh, to talk about what we're ruling in and ruling out. So you're not ruling it out? I'll just say the same thing one more time, which is I'm not going to get into what's on the table and off the table when it comes to the American response. However, House Republican leaders say they won't even bring the bill up for a vote with Speaker Mike Johnson saying, quote, this is just it's even worse than expected. I'm sorry. It's it's just not. What don't you like? He continues to lie. Uh, as Liz Cheney said, and and he basically admitted he was going around spreading a lie about January the 6th, trying to keep, get people to sign on uh, a, a letter that would continue the lie and help Ken Paxson spread the lie in Texas. Uh, he lied about that. He's lying about this. Uh, he knows. I mean, James Lankford uh, has said, I, I wish they would all read the bill. Right. I wish they would understand how strong the bill is. But the sad thing is, and it's pathetic, and, you know, we say things can be two things at once. I mean, the, the, the new speaker is both dangerous and pathetic. Dangerous <laughs> because he has decided, and he said it publicly, we're, we're going to put politics over stopping fentanyl from coming into the United States. We're going to put politics above allowing uh, our border security to stop terrorists from coming into the United States. We're going to keep the border chaotic for at least another 10 months because we want things to be as chaotic as possible for Joe Biden. It's just like Donald Trump saying he wants the economy to crash and he wants there to be depression. He wants Joe Biden to be Herbert Hoover. So they don't give a damn about border security. They're willing to play into Putin's hand for Mike Johnson. That's nothing new. Willing to play into Putin's hands time and time again. Willing to pre- uh, play into President Xi's hand on China, uh, which, of course, is exactly what Donald Trump wants. And, and then you look at Israel, won't fund Israel, won't fund the relief of, uh, of citizens in Gaza. So, again, this is all all of these things that are important are being stopped now because Donald Trump told a grown up man. Don't do that. This is the primal scream of a dying regime. Pray for our enemies, because we're going medieval on these people. You're just not got a free shot on all these networks lying about the people. The people have had a belly full of it. I know you don't like hearing that. I know you try to do everything in the world to stop that, but you're not going to stop it. It's going to happen. And where do people like that go to share the big lie? MAGA media. I wish in my soul, I wish that any of these people had a conscience. Ask yourself, what is my task and what is my purpose? If that answer is to save my country, this country will be saved. War Room. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon.
It's Monday, 5 February in the year of our Lord, 2024. The great unmasking continues as the globalist elite play into our hands. Uh, War and Posse, we got a lot of work starting today and throughout this week because there's a massive amount of action on Capitol Hill. And remember, the one commitment we make to you here in um, War Room, we won't give you a ringside seat. We'll actually put you in the ring as a combatant. And uh, this week, you've done so much so far to actually uh, smoke this out. But the, over this week and next week's where the rubber is going to meet the road. The invasion authorization bill, as Mike Johnson, all of us said, it's actually worse than we could imagine. It's actually worse than just the leaks that Rosemary Jenks had. It is so in your face. This is not an open borders. This is basically codifies an invasion of our country uh, and the end of our sovereignty. If this was approved, that's why... I don't happen to believe it'll even get out of the Senate. We're going to talk about that right now, uh, but uh, definitely will not come to the House. Both uh, Speaker Johnson, Steve Scalise, who's a majority leader, who really controls the floor of what comes up. He said there's no way this comes to the floor. Flat out, Scalise, not known as a fire breather. Stefanik, first person out last night, Bill's DOA. Called it, uh, called it basically an evasion authorization bill. Uh, Tom Emmer, the whip, not coming. Bill's not going to come. But it's deeper than that. The, um, the, the, the whole theory last week is you needed to do this Israel uh, funding bill with no offsets. You need to do it quickly because that would break the Senate. That, that's, that's overcome by events. The, uh, Israel, the only way to support our ally Israel with the $17 billion, it has to be with offsets. has to be with offsets. Ukraine's dead. Uh, invasion border bill, dead. Um, and we don't need to even discuss the details. It's so outrageous and so in your face. It cannot be considered as a piece of legislation. It has to be just killed outright or dismissed. I think it's better just dismiss it outright. The numbers today to call 202-224-3121 is the Senate. 202-225-3121 is the House. This is, it can't be a better time than to get Grace Chung's uh, Bill Blaster uh, put out by a war room. Make sure you get it. It'll make your job so much easier. You're neat. You're going to be at the ramparts all week. A couple of things are happening. We talk about the supplemental in Kiev. Zelensky is sitting there and actually talking about not just removing the senior general who's beloved by the Ukrainian people, I think 88% approval since that got basically shut down by the, uh, by the general himself said, I'm not going to do that, right? You want to fire me, do that. Zelensky blinked. Now he's talking about removing many senior members of his government. Victoria Nuland went over there to try to damage control. So they want $60 billion and clearly a government that is cratering before our eyes. But also, don't forget, MTG is going to push the, um, the uh, impeachment of Mayorkas. If you read the invasion authorization bill, this thing that Langford and these guys just put forward, um, Thingamajig is, like uh, is like an emperor. Mayorkas' position is like an emperor. At the same time, he's being impeached for not following, not enforcing the laws on the books. Bottom line, as we told you weeks ago, uh, there's more than enough uh, uh, authority right now for the president of the United States to shut the border. And I got to tell you, I think since um, Johnson's told people no more CRs, and he, that's the hill he's going to die on, March 1st, I believe you're going to see either shut the border down or shut the government down. Because this bill is is dead in the water. I want to bring in, uh, I've got uh, Matt Rosendale from Montana. Uh, surprise, surprise, one of the biggest critics of this bill has been Steve Dane. Steve Dane's got smoked out on this. Uh, and now, you know, he's, he's head of NRSC. He's gotten all these clones of McConnell out there. 
And this bill is so bad. And the response by MAGA and the Warren Posse has been so intense in the last 12 hours that even Danes is coming and trying to wash his uh, hands of it. But that's he was part of this. He was part of this team with McConnell that pushed this behind closed doors. But once he saw the firestorm that came out, I mean, the firestorm that came out starting yesterday at 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, even he's backed off. Matt Rosendale, your thoughts? Uh, You hit the nail right on the head, Steve. That is just how bad this piece of legislation is. Uh, McConnell's lieutenants are even backing away from it. Uh, I joined with Mike Lee, who came out today and said, you know something, if this is actually the closest that Chuck Schumer and Mitch McConnell have worked together, uh, we saw that come out uh, in Mitch McConnell's own words, it's the closest they have ever worked together on a piece of legislation, and this is the best that he came up with, then there needs to be a change in the leadership in the United States Senate. Uh, there's no doubt. Marco Rubio, who's part of the original Gang of Eight, came out yesterday evening early after he went through the bill quickly and said, this is, uh, Matt, he said, this is a parody, a parody of what a border security bill should be. Give us, give us your thoughts on what the, the folks in Montana are going to support this, the good folks in the, no, in the great state gosh, of Montana, no, big not. sky country. No, they're not? No, Why? Absolutely, they are not, Steve. And, and when you start talking about the provisions that not only of the additional uh, spending that it would uh, put in place for Ukraine and the uh, the ability for Mayorkas to make declarations about what is or is not an emergency, uh, conversations that we have had over the last several weeks concern me dramatically, and that is what it would put in statute uh, to allow uh, this continued invasion of our country, that 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 the border control uh, CBP would not even be able to virtually address the invasion unless you exceeded 5,000 illegals a day entering into our country. And then it would be a, a may uh, do, take some additional action uh, to try and curb this this invasion, we're talking about an additional 2 million people a year immediately would be authorized to come into our country illegally. And and when President Trump regains uh, his authority in the White House, statutorily, he would be prohibited from securing the very border that he had already secured back in 2019. That was it would it would uh, it would uh, handcuff President Trump. This bill should just just be dismissed. I think what Johnson and these guys are saying, it's dead. Scalise said it'll never come to the floor. Uh, This is a joke. They spent four and five months on this and then lied to us with a straight face. Short commercial break. We're packed wall to wall today. A lot more to go through. As we head toward a presidential election in November, one thing you can be sure of, 2024 will be a tumultuous year like no other. How will your hard-earned savings fare during this year? You're already seeing the impacts of inflation at the pump, the grocery store. The dollar continues to lose buying power quicker than your wages can increase. How are you protecting your savings? Consider diversifying with gold from Birch Gold Group. For decades, gold has been the choice of investors and central banks to hedge against inflation. Now you can own it in a tax-sheltered IRA with the help of Birch Gold. Just text Bannon, B-A-N-N-O-N to 989898. Birch Gold will send you a free info kit on gold. They'll help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into an IRA in gold. And the best part, you don't have to pay a penny out of pocket. 
with an A-plus rating, with the Better Business Bureau, thousands of satisfied customers, you can trust Birch Gold. Text Bannon to 989898 to claim your free info kit. That's Bannon to 989898. And secure your savings now. Take action. Text Bannon at 989898. Action, action, action. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. Congressman Rosendale, uh, thoughts about the bill, Steve Daines, his role in this, the Mitch McConnell faction, which I believe is going to see its end days. I think we're starting end game with McConnell. If this is what he worked with his buddy Schirmer, they hate America. Uh, they definitely hate MAGA. They hate the sovereignty of this country. They hate it all. I think this is the beginning of the end of Mitch McConnell. Your thoughts, sir? I, I do absolutely agree. Uh, we have seen the leadership in the Senate. Uh, make their deals with the Democrats and compromising principle. There is a difference on compromising on policy, but they compromise on principle. Look, we know that they have uh, taken input and included the Chinese Communist Party in some of their negotiations before. Uh, my, my question is, what did they do? Invite the cartel to the Senate while they were trying to negotiate this? And why is it that the lieutenants, why is it that the rest of the leadership team, whether that's Danes, Barrasso, Thune, Cornyn, why is it that they weren't able to help craft something that was actually in America's best interest instead of the cartel and Mexico's best interest? That's that's where the question should be. I'm just glad to hear that finally over in the House, people are finally starting to uh, discover uh, the steel in their backbone to say, you know something, this is not in our country's best interest and we're not even going to take it up. We, we sent... When they say that we haven't addressed immigration or border security, Steve, you know, last year we sent so House right. Bill 2 over there. We presented legislation and they refused to even consider it. Yeah. Yep. And you guys got to return the favor. Uh, by the way, it's all a lie. Uh, the real president, Donald Trump, just uh, came out with some thoughts. Only a fool, and I quote this from President Trump. Only a fool or a radical left Democrat would vote for this horrendous border bill, which only gives shutdown authority after 5,000 encounters a day, when we already have the right to close the border now, which must be done. This bill is a great gift to the Democrats and a death wish for the Republican Party. It takes the horrible job the Democrats have done on immigration and the border, absolves them, and puts all, it all squarely on the shoulders of Republicans. Don't be stupid. We need a separate border and immigration bill. It should not be tied to foreign aid in any way, shape, or form. The Democrats broke immigration and our border. They should fix it. Make America great again. That is a quote from a uh, one of the true social posts President Trump just put out. Congressman, how do people uh, how do people track you? You've been on the right side of this issue from the very beginning, as you've been on the right side of the issues in this Congress. How do people uh, get to you? At Rep. Rosendale. We're in the office, so this is the official side. At Rep. Rosendale, all platforms. Please come and see us. Thank you very much, brother. Appreciate it. God bless you. Thank you so much, Steve. We, we've we've got a lot more. We're going to go through the Israel offset, uh, the Israel clean. Can't do Israel clean. Got to be an offset. No money for Ukraine. This fight is now engaged. When you call, you don't need to give them details either. We're not going to we're not going to um, show enough respect for this bill. You don't need to. Oh, we, this is five thousand. No. Hey, this is an invasion authorization bill. This codifies the invasion of our country. This codifies the end of American sovereignty, the end of American sovereignty. Two zero two 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 five three one two one. 
202-224-3121 for the Senate. And people, I strongly recommend you call Senator Lankford uh, and uh, and give you uh, give him your thoughts on his job performance. Dave Brett, you came into Congress on this issue ten years ago. What in uh, in June yep. of 2014 when you took down for the first time in the history of this country in a primary a sitting majority leader out of nowhere. He didn't even know what hit him on this very issue we're talking about today. You've had a chance to go through this bill. Give me a, a two minute summary of the thoughts of Dave Bratt on this. Am I over the top calling this an invasion authorization bill, sir? No, the only thing I might differ with you is this is time for the speaker. The speaker came out and said exactly the right thing. This thing is way worse than anything we could expect. And Joe and Morning Mika and all the CNN and MSNBC are saying, you can read this any way you like, interpret it any way you like. I think it's very important for the speaker to come out with full force with his full megaphone for the next few days and show who's telling the truth. There's this stuff called ink, right? This bill is written in ink. And so you can lie for a couple days about it, but the speaker needs to get out and show what's in this thing. There's two key words you've been bringing up on the war room forever. It's detain and deport. None of those are in this bill. Uh, the detain goes right, right uh, off the cliff, right? It, they come up with this thing called alternatives to detention. If anybody comes to the border with a credible fear, they can, decla they can declare, hey, I want asylum. And then the U.S., it, it, this is codified, codified, like you're saying, right? It's put into law that they must release. Current law, you have to allow, they get six months before you can allow the, the uh, folks to get this alternative detention. So current law is better than what's put in this law. This law makes it very easy for everyone not to be detained. There's nothing in this bill about deporting. Neither the president or secretary, there's nothing this bill to deport. There's no new money for the border. In fact, the Congress Notification says you must bring in 1,400 uh, aliens. You must bring in 1,400. So the big uh, cheap labor crew, the lobbyists, etc. And and I will share one thing uh, with the uh, with the uh, posse that they may not know. Right when you look at the uh, the big money, uh, these senators, uh, congressmen that are linked to leadership, it's very hard because they got the billionaires coming at them, like with the president, right? And all these political views are my own. But the billionaires can mount a credible campaign against you if you don't go along with them. That's the one thing the grassroots isn't organized enough yet to be able to do that. We're getting there. Uh, but that's why you see these crazy bills. This thing is just crazy land. Uh, and it, I, I haven't even started scratching the surface uh, on, on uh, some of the other details I could could go into. But I, I think you're right. It's not even worth it. it there's no detain. Dave, 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 there's so no you're deport, saying there's you're, no you're wall, saying et cetera. You're, yeah. you're saying Johnson's got to get out there in front and say, yes. take it in the details and show yeah. how Morning Mika's lying. They're all, okay, yes. I support that. I want to go, I just want to make sure everybody understands. Not only is it no detain, they actually make it easier to get around right. what we consider detention because our detention is yes. leading to deport. There's nothing about deporting at all. They no, are basically yeah. codifying 12 million, 12 million illegal alien yeah. invaders on Biden's watch by the end of it, right? By his term, by the end of it. Will be here and they'll have work permits, right? They'll be getting money, assistance. Yeah. They'll be living in the yeah, inner cities. The they'll be in, you know, we're going to get to Ben. Ben Burkwam's in Cincinnati, Ohio. It turns out the reason he's there is that when he's on the southern border, I think it's from Senegal, they're all telling him, hey, we're heading to Ohio, man. That's where we've been told to go. So he's going to be there. This is a flat out invasion. This bill does nothing 
more than codify it, sir. Now, I want to pivot. i got a lot to go through with you, Brett. Last night, which had been the lead story, 60 Minutes had the head of the Federal Reserve on, and what did he say? He actually came out and said, hey, I'm really concerned about the unsustainability of our fiscal situation. Give me your take on uh, on Chairman Powell. Yeah, well, that it was interesting, and he's correct, but he kept saying in the long run too many times. This is this is not a long yep. run problem. Uh, the fiscal uh, two and a half trillion dollar deficit right now is going to bid up interest rates more. Uh, the spending, the the interest payments are a trillion a year on the debt. Just interest payments on the debt are a trillion this year. The only good news about that is that'll crowd out liberal spending, leftist spending now. Right. And uh, I I wanted to add in one last footnote on the detain thing, the detain, what they're going to do under this new alternative detention thing. They're going to give them a cell phone and say, hey, please call us to report your progress in following U.S. laws, you know, over the next months just to show you how insane this bill is. Right. So instead of detaining, we give them a cell phone and say, hey, on your honor system, uh, because, you you know, you're illegal. But the, but yeah, yeah the, the, the Federal under, Reserve he, he did not look cocky. Uh, no, hang the, on, the hang Fed, on, hang, yeah, hang, yeah. hang on one second, hang on one second. I want to play this clip so the people Good. can hear it again, and then we can opine to it. Let's go ahead and play it. Another economic hangover after the pandemic is a sharp increase in the national debt. Thirty years from now, it is projected to be one hundred and forty-four trillion dollars, or one million dollars per household. How do you assess the national debt? We mostly try very hard not to comment on fiscal policy and, and uh, you know, instruct Congress on how to do their job when actually they have oversight over us. But is the national debt a danger to the economy in your review? In the long run, the U.S. is on an unsustainable fiscal path. The U.S. federal government is on an unsustainable fiscal path. And that just means that the debt is growing faster than the economy. I have the sense this worries you very much. Over the long run, of course it does. You know, we're effectively, we're borrowing from future generations. It's time for us to get back to putting a priority on fiscal sustainability. And and sooner is better than later. Okay, <laughs> over the long run, we're going to get that in a second. Yeah. I, I want to set the table here. We have a $7 trillion, what they're arguing about now, in March 1st, we pick it back up again. That's for the year we're in. This was all supposed to be done last year. Remember, they blew through the thing because they blew through their their appointed rounds because McCarthy wanted to slow it down. And what they want to do is have an omnibus. When they have an omnibus, it's 9,000 pages long, and they're tucking in all the things for the lobbyists, their specific language, and you can't call them out. They're, they're not single uh, appropriations bills, si- single subject, which is what we fought for. So you can actually see where the lobbyists are gouging you. Correct? Now, doesn't mean they're supposed to be working on next year's right now. So the spending this year is $7 trillion. The one they're supposed to be working on is $7 trillion. The deficit in both those is $2 trillion. And remember, McCarthy's debt deal gave unlimited spending to Biden. No controls, no, no gaps. So it's $2 trillion now per year structurally. And they haven't come up with any feasible model that makes sense of how they're going to stop that by, number one, stopping spending. Number two, increase taxes on billionaires. They haven't done that. So you have structurally, he keeps saying the long run, the long run. Hey, baby, the long run is here and now, because as Dave Brett said, that 34 going to 35 trillion, which we're adding a trillion dollars about every hundred days, you have to refinance about a third of that. 
constantly. And Janet Yellen's not selling 10s and 30s. She's doing it with, uh, you know, 90-day, one-year, six-month T-bills, notes. Gets expensive. That's why your credit cards are so uh, expensive. 30% APR. It's affecting you now. An aggressive tax called inflation. Short break. Back in a moment. When the economy collapses, will you collapse with it? You can feel it coming. All the signs are there. With it comes financial disaster, tight budgets, sacrifice. Plan for the worst with the best. My Patriot Supply. My Patriot Supply has helped millions prepare. They'll help you too, particularly in hard times. Remember, hard times take years to recover from. Make that first year easier with their one-year emergency food kit. Now get it now with $700 in savings at MyPatriotSupply.com. Sealed inside ultra-durable packaging. These delicious meals last up to 25 years in storage and provide over 2,000 calories every day. That's over 2,000 calories every day for a year at a special price of under $2,000. This rare emergency food kit deal ends this week. You won't see it again anytime soon. So protect yourself, protect your people, protect your family and your loved ones. Start preparing with My Patriot Supply at MyPatriotSupply.com. Free shipping included. MyPatriotSupply.com. This is the one-year emergency food kit, and you get it now at a $700 savings. Take action. Do it today. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. Okay, this bill, the, the End of American Sovereignty Invasion Authorization Bill, Coupled with the um, the uh, supplemental, because remember they're spending seven trillion this year. They're going to spend seven trillion next year. They're going to have almost two trillion of discretionary spending. That, ab- that essentially just ironically equates to what the deficit's going to be. That has to be funded by the printing of fiat currency, right? This is why we keep telling you to go to uh, birchgold.com/bannon to read up on end of the dollar empire or to talk to Philip Patrick and the team, the BRICS nations. The BRICS nation's central banks are seeing our basically fiscal irresponsibility. And they say, hey, maybe the deplorables have got to suck on that. And maybe MAGA's got to suck on that because of U.S. citizens. But we ain't got to suck on that. And so we're going to come up with an alternative. This is going to drive the biggest catastrophe in the history of the republic. As Mike uh, Davis says all the time about the lawfare, these uh, financial moves and fiscal moves we're making are republic-ending moves. You don't come back for these type of type of thing, the type of events. So make sure you go to birchgold.com slash Bannon and check it all out. But the 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 financial situation of the country, this clearly bringing in uh, cheap labor. They want bigger consumer markets. They also want cheap labor. So the elites are all in back of this, including the Republican Party donors. What you're seeing, we see Langford and and McConnell up there. That's just all donor talk. That's donor talk, trying to trying to pat you on the head, saying this is the toughest border security bill ever. Remember, the Democrats aren't even be doing this, or Biden wouldn't even be doing it unless. He, but he's got to get the sixty billion for the money laundering operation in Ukraine. Here's what Ukraine gets: suck on this, nothing. Israel, seventeen billion. If you find seventeen billion in, in offsets, we have to. We can't bankrupt America to support our ally Israel. We should arm Israel, but it's got to be offset here. Now, I've got a thought. 17 billion, I think, is about the number we sent to the United Nations, where they just give it to the NGOs to invade our country. So how about this? We zero the U.N. account, 
and transfer it over to the arms to Israel account, 17 billion, all good. We could do that in 24 hours. Uh, the border detain and deport is the only solution. I actually kind of disagree with President Trump's truth, Justin, the thing. I don't think we need an immigration bill right now. He has all the tools. We have to, we have to drive this home to the American people that Joe Biden planned and executed this invasion of our country. Now, now you're talking about 8, 10, 12 million invaders. He could stop this right now. He could stop it. He could seal the border. He could detain people, and he could begin deportation. And if he doesn't do it at midnight on the 1st of March in the year of our Lord 2024, less than a month from now, there should be no CR. They say, buddy, you either shut the border down or we're going to shut the government. And then let's just have a throwdown. Let's bring it to the American people's attention. The facts are on our side. This is the biggest winner we've ever had, and now you've smoked these people out. Langford's the Judas goat that smoked out McConnell. When you have Steve Daines, who's McConnell's bitch, when you have him running and tweeting out as soon as he can after he sees we lit him, lit him up last night, when he's sitting there and telling all the phony candidates, all the phony MAGA candidates he has, oh, yeah, you got to come out against us or you're going to be beaten in a primary. you damn right you're going to be beaten in a primary, all of them. And you got Steve Daines rolling over. It shows you the panic, the crisis. You know, I was thinking about this the other night in Roman history. This is not the Republic, but the Empire. It was called the crisis of the third century. The crisis of the third century. I think they went through 29 or 30 emperors in a couple, you know, like 10 years. Right? I mean, just basically uh, legion commanders who were taken over and were stick around. Only one of those didn't die by uh, a, uh, either poison or assassination. I think we now have the crisis of the third decade here in the United States. The crisis of the third decade. Quite analogous, too, for things that are going on then. Mike Davis, we're going to talk about wins. of Lawfare is crumbling around President Trump, as you called it. But I saw your Twitter feed last night. You, you've got some very sharp opinions legally and as your, your, your sense of what your time in the Senate about this invasion authorization bill. What are they, sir? Uh, this is a horrible bill. It's a horrible bill legally, policy-wise, politically. I don't know why Senate Republicans would want to walk the plank and vote for this bill when it's dead on arrival in the House of Representatives. Speaker Mike Johnson made that very clear. Majority Leader Steve Scalise made that very clear. Those are the two top House Republicans saying this bill is dead on arrival in the House. Why the hell would any Senate Republican vote for this thing, knowing that it's not going anywhere and it could end this Senate Republican's political career? Okay, I want to make sure people understand this. Davis has given you inside baseball. If Mitch McConnell forced, first off, to know they've negotiated this for four or five months is, is obscene. But if Mitch McConnell actually goes through and forces this to a vote in the Senate, your point is, why would a senator put his name on this to vote for it when it's not going anywhere in the House? And you've already been told by the House, as Brett says, Johnson could not be clearer. And Scalise, who's not a fire breather, Scalise came out right away and said, this will never get to the floor. And he manages the floor. Emmers, who's not a fire breather, the whip, saying this thing is an abomination. And Stefanik said, this is the end of the sovereignty of the United States. So it's the four leaders in the House have all united and saying this will never come to the floor. And your point is, why in the Senate are you going to take a career-ending vote for something that's not going to go anywhere, sir? That's exactly right. And under 
the Senate Republican rules, and the Wall Street Journal reported this, you have to have 25 House Republicans get on board with this thing. So it's not going to just be nine Republicans joining the 51 Democrats and getting to the 60 vote threshold in the Senate to move forward past cloture, to, uh, to pass legislation that generally takes 60 votes in the Senate. Under the Senate, uh, the Senate internal rules, you need 25 Senate Republicans to go along with this bill in order for McConnell to provide those votes to get Democrats past that 60 vote threshold. So I, I can't imagine that 25 Republicans would be stupid enough to put their careers on the line for this abomination of a an immigration import bill. And I mean, it's a it's this is the dumbest thing that Senate Republicans could do is support this bill that is going nowhere in the House of Representatives. Uh, Mike, you have been with President Trump since the very beginning on this lawfare. You've been kind of the tip of the spear, not just in media messaging, but also thinking through strategically and done such a great job. Uh, lost in everything because you have these monumental issues coming up right now. Ukraine, geopolitics, Red Sea, uh, the southern border invasion, the fiscal mess. The lawfare is taking a little bit of back, except for people who really follow it. I just want to make sure everybody's up to speed. As you said, uh, the, the insanity engulfing President Trump is the only way now they realize, and if you didn't see Meet the Press, I'll try to play it later. They did a five-minute cold open yesterday, Mike, Kristen Welker, with Steve Kornacki, who's a pretty straight guy. The polling was so awful that Welker, the host, couldn't even believe it against uh, Biden. So now you are correct. The only way they have a chance to defeat President Trump is lawfare. G give us a status report on what's happening there, sir. Well, the wheels are falling off the Democrats' clown car on their lawfare. We see this all over with these four indictments. We have Alvin Bragg's indictment in Manhattan. George Soros-funded Manhattan DA indicted Trump for the non-crime of a businessman settling a nuisance claim. And Alvin Bragg somehow turned that into felony campaign finance violations, a theory that the prior Manhattan DA passed over, the Manhattan U.S. attorney passed over, the Federal Election Commission passed over, Alvin Bragg himself passed over until Matthew Colangelo got sent from the number three office in the Biden Justice Department to resurrect that zombie case against Trump. But Alvin Bragg's case seems to be going nowhere because it is such a dud of a case and it's such a dumb legal theory. And then you have Fannie Willis down in Georgia. Everyone thought that this was the case that was going to get Trump this January 6th case because uh, no one can pardon Trump. If you get this Atlanta jury to convict Trump under these bo bogus charges, you, you're not going to be able to pardon for five years uh, under Georgia law, and they think that was going to stop Trump. But I guess what? We we are just learning that old Fanny, big Fanny Willis, hired her secret boyfriend, Nathan Wade, who was not qualified, paid him substantially more per hour as her special prosecutor than others, like a RICO prosecutor who was actually qualified, paid him $250 an hour, including to go meet with the Biden White House and the, including the White House counsel before they brought these bogus RICO charges against Trump and 18 co-defendants. He's collected almost $700,000 from Fannie. He built 24 hours in one day. I don't know if that's possible. 
And then, oh, guess what? We found out that he paid for trips, lavish trips for Fanny uh, to the Caribbean, to Napa. So she's taken illegal kickbacks from this, uh, this illegal deal. She has a financial stake in this prosecution of President Trump and 18 others. That is blatantly now, illegal. Now, D- Dave Davis, also, this is not Mike Davis and Steve Bannon just saying this. Didn't she admit on Friday that she's got a relationship with this guy and, and and she's never disclosed that? She admitted this, correct? Yes, and Marjorie Taylor Greene sent a criminal referral to Georgia Governor Brian Kemp and Georgia Atter- uh, 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 Attorney General Chris Carr asking them to follow their statutory duty under Georgia law to open a criminal probe on Fannie Willis. This is the most corrupt prosecution imaginable And where the hell is Governor Kemp? Where the hell is Attorney General Chris Carr? Why aren't they why aren't they opening this? And this is what we've been having the war room do is light them up. We we said to go to A3Paction.com, A3Paction.com, click on the link for Chris Carr and Fannie Willis and Brian Kemp, and then light them up. There's patch through phone calls. You can email them, social media, light them up and ask them why are they why are they protecting Fannie Willis and her corrupt, okay. illegal investigation. Grace, Grace and Captain Bannon, if we can push this out, I want everybody to go over to Act 3, their new action site over there to get on top of this, because this is the fight in Georgia. Uh, before I let you go, we got a couple minutes. Andrew Weissman, who is no buddy of yours, but he's on MSNBC whining every night in that whiny voice. He's been saying you've been dead wrong on the, uh, the on the trial of J6. It was going to stay on March 4th, and Ch- Trump is going to be convicted uh, before uh, before uh, before even the convention, that ain't looking so good right now. I think Mike Davis turned out to be right on that. Am I correct on that? Andrew Weissman's wrong. You were correct. Well, I might be a jerk and may not uh, be the <laughs> nicest guy in the world, but I'm usually right, and I'm right on this one. And I've said all along that President Trump should assert presidential immunity. Uh, presidents are immune. For their official acts, they should be immune both civilly and criminally, like federal judges, like members of Congress. The reason this has not been established yet is, is we have not had a former president of the United States charged like Democrats have charged President Trump four different times, bogus prosecutions for non-crimes. Uh, this Biden special counsel, Jack Smith, and this D.C. Obama judge, Tanya Shutkin, know that the one way they can stop Trump is to get a criminal conviction. They thought that their D.C. January 6th trial was the best shot, so they tried to railroad him in D.C. So you have this partisan special prosecutor, this hyper-partisan Obama judge, this 95% anti-Trump jury pool in D.C. Of course they're going to convict him, and that's where the Democrats thought they were going to stop Trump. But, oh, guess what? There's presidential immunity that you have to resolve. And Tanya Shukin was such a dumb, she, she did such a dumb thing. She just ruled that presidents do not have criminal immunity from prosecution, right? I mean, so does that mean that Obama can be charged for capital murder, for drone striking American citizens abroad? Do Democrats really think that that's, that that's what the Constitution means when judges have immunity and members of Congress, but presidents don't? I mean, that's just laughable on its face. And that's why this My- January 6th March trial is gone. Yeah. Mike, Mike, just hang on one second. I want to bring you back to make sure everybody knows where to go to support your efforts here. Short break. Back in a moment. Tax Network USA is pure war room for solving your IRS tax problems. If you owe back taxes, 
COVID was your lucky break. Tax court shut down, the IRS paused, and you skated. Well, baby, that party is over. The IRS is adding 20,000 enforcement agents, basically tax cops. Honest, hardworking Americans like you are in the crosshairs. Rich people have tax lawyers, and you don't. You'll pay up, plus interest and penalties. Tax USA Network has brilliant war room type strategies designed to solve your IRS problem quickly in your favor. Never call the IRS yourself. You're at their mercy. You could sit on hold for six to eight hours and get hung up on, grind you for all your back taxes, plus interest and penalties. Tax Network USA attorneys have a preferred direct line to the IRS. They know which agents to talk to and who to avoid. If they get difficult agent, hey, they just call a different agent. Tax Network USA learned of a limited time special IRS offer. The IRS is willing to waive $1 billion in penalties if you qualify. Find out if you qualify before it's too late. Schedule your free confidential consultation with Tax Network USA. They've resolved over $1 billion in tax debts. Think about that. They've resolved over $1 billion in tax debts. They offer a best-in-class client satisfaction guarantee. Now call one 800 245 6000 That's one 800 245 6000 And visit Tax Network USA. That's TNUSA.com slash Bannon. TNUSA.com slash Bannon. Make sure you take action on this today. This IRS grind is only going to get much worse. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. Okay, you want to know how we get so jacked up early in the morning? It's Warpath Coffee, warpath.coffee slash Rome. You get your discount by going there. The Dark Roast, best ever made. Tage Gill and the team, the Navy SEALs over there at Warpath have done an amazing job, but they got the mild blends, the breakfast blends, all of it. I'm a Dark Roast guy. The Skull and Crossbones Mariner's Blend, which is the Dark Roast, done in honor of, uh, of uh, Tage is a Navy SEAL, a commander. Like I said, Eli Crane, when it was at Prescott or Prescott on Friday with uh, Carrie Lake and Eli Crane, uh, we were talking about Carrie, uh, you know, there people are teasing her about having a mouth like a sailor on some of those recordings. Uh, and Eli uh, is a, a sailor, naval officer, or actually a, um, I think, first class petty officer, Navy SEAL. Uh, and I was a naval officer, said that, uh, yeah, she shocked us. Mariner's Blend, the Dark Roast. Make sure you get it. Get jacked up early in the morning. Tage Gill and the team, just fantastic. Mike Davis, a couple things. I want to announce, I want to do a big program announcement here, but I want to go back. Uh, once again, Mike, just give, because my phone's already blown up. What's the action center over at Article 3? People go specifically for the Georgia situation, where you're yeah, kind of on point on this. Where do people go? You can go to our main page, article3project.org, and then click on the action link, or you can go to A3P Action, A3Paction.com. The top left box there, you see old Big Fanny. Click on her on the top left, you see Big Fanny, and it will tell you how to do patch through calls. We, we will connect you directly with Governor Kemp's office, with Attorney General Chris Carr's office. We'll, uh, we'll help, help you email them with a click of a button. We'll help you light them up on social media with a click of the button. This is this makes it very easy for the war room posse to engage with these key office holders on these key issues. We need 
Governor Kemp and Chris Carr to open a criminal probe on Big Fanny and her boyfriend. Now, the, folks, and understand, this is helping immensely. We don't deploy. We don't recommend you're deployed unless it's helping. This is helping big time. Okay, two, I want to make sure we understand the higher courts. Number one, on the immunity issue, just explain to me where in the process we are for this and where does it look like the outcome of a trial that would take place actually on J6 as an insurrectionist before uh, before um, before the election? So D.C. Obama judge Tanya Shutkin stupidly just uh, broadly held that presidents don't get immunity from criminal prosecution like judges get, like members of Congress get. So now the D.C. Circuit heard this case. It was a three-judge panel. These two Biden judges uh, versus a George uh, Bush 41 judge. And so the two Biden judges are obviously going to rule against Trump because they're partisan hacks. This uh, this Bush 41 judge, uh, Judge uh, Henderson, is presumably writing a dissenting opinion uh, that's going to take some time. And then once the D.C. Circuit rules and they should not rush this, this is a key constitutional decision being decided for the first time at the appellate level. And so then once th that three judge panel decides, I presume President Trump will lose because they're partisan hacks on the D.C. Circuit. It goes what's called en banc or the full D.C. court would hear it if, if, if they choose. I think they would deny en banc review. That takes several months. And then, then it would go as a cert petition to the Supreme Court of the United States. The Supreme Court's going to have to take this case. This is They're not going to be able to run and hide and say that they don't want to take a Trump case because this case is so much bigger than Donald Trump. It affects every presidency. Again, let me make this clear. Do they want the Trump 47 Justice Department indicting President Obama for capital murder for drone striking American citizens? Because that could happen if presidents do not have immunity from criminal prosecution for their official acts or the outer perimeter of their official acts. And I don't remember killing American citizens being in the president's official acts. So I don't think Democrats really want to go down this path. And that's where this is leading. About that case, tomorrow at 11.45, a live press conference, we will be covering Matt Gates, Elise Stefanik, putting forward a, I think, resolution sense of Congress about President Trump as a uh, having anything to do with the insurrection. This is something they've been working on. It's going to come out tomorrow. Another uh, another knife in uh, to kill this ridiculous uh, trial that's going forward. So it's finally some action out of Congress. We'll get more into that tonight, tomorrow morning, and also we're going to cover the press conference live at 11.45 now. On the 14th Amendment, which is another massive case, you've said for a while that when that gets to the Supreme Court, they're going to they're going to step up to the plate here. That's going to take place Thursday. And you're going to be there. You're going to be there in person. I'm going to be outside the Supreme Court uh, and uh, talking to the talking to the press, hopefully with you on the war room and explaining to the American people like I did in Colorado before the Colorado court. What what a joke of a case this is that if you want to disqualify under Section 3 of the 14th Amendment passed after the Civil War to chase Confederate Confederates who engaged in insurrection or rebellion against the United States. You have to have Congress pass a federal criminal statute for insurrection or rebellion, which Congress did more than 150 years ago. A federal grand jury has to indict. A federal jury has to find guilt unanimously with evidence beyond a reasonable doubt. A federal judge has to convict, and that conviction has to be up, upheld on appeal. That is the only way you can disqualify under Section 3 of the 14th Amendment. And Jack Smith, Smith and the January 6th Committee have spent tens of millions of dollars hunting for evidence of insurrection. And Jack Smith, who is a buffoon, aggressive, 
partisan prosecutor has found zero evidence because how many insurrectionists go into a nation's capital unarmed, get to the floor of the na- Senate floor of the nation's capital, walk through velvet robes, follow police direction, take selfies, and don't burn down the damn place. January 6th was a lawful protest permitted by the National Park Service that devolved into a right, and the Supreme Court should hold nine to nothing that you can't have partisan judges in a state or partisan election officials, unelected partisan election officials, like in Maine, just throw a presidential candidate off the ballot. These Democrats tried their two bogus impeachments, four bogus indictments, their illegal gag orders, their bogus civil fraud for non-fraud, their bogus Gene Carroll lawsuit. They're trying to destroy Trump. That's all backfiring. They know he's going to win on November 5th, 2024. So they're just trying to throw him off the ballot. The Supreme Court will reverse this decision. Mike uh, Davis, what's your uh, social media? We're going to have a crew with Mike Davis. He'll be reporting live, doing his analysis and observations from the Supreme Court this Thursday on this monumental case. Mike, uh, in the interim, how do people get you on social media? Article3project.org, article3project.org. You can donate there at article3project, at article3project on Getter, Twitter, Truth. My personal is at M-R-D-D-M-I-A, M-R-D-D-M-I-A. And thank you, Steve. Thank you, brother. The greatest concentration of nutrients known to man, beef liver. Grass-fed beef liver. Go to sacredhumanhealth.com. Immerse yourself in the information. Stop taking the synthetic multivitamins. Get real. Get organic. Get grass-fed beef liver from sacredhumanhealth.com. Go check it out today. 90 seconds. Back in the worm. True or false? Using your tax refund to pay off credit card debt is a smart thing. Actually, that's false. Donewithdebt.com published a brilliant strategy designed to let you keep your hard-earned tax refund and reduce or eliminate credit card debt. Most Americans owe thousands in credit card debt. In fact, Daily Mail's got a story that 56 million Americans carry credit card debt, and that debt will take years to pay off, if you pay it off at all. Done With Debt found that filing bankruptcy is usually not the answer, and taking out loans to pay off credit cards usually increases the debt. When you engage Done With Debt, their legal experts and skilled negotiators take on the credit card companies for you. Their winning strategies are designed with one goal, solve your debt situation quickly and permanently. First things first, chat with a Done With Debt strategist and explore your solutions. Some debt-fighting strategies are time-sensitive, so you'll need to move quickly. For a free consultation, visit donewithdebt.com. That's donewithdebt.com. Do it today. Take action. If you want to take care of your heart and those you care about, please go to warroomhealth.com. That's warroomhealth.com. All one word, warroomhealth.com. Use the code WARROOM at checkout to save 67% of your first shipment. That's code WARROOM at checkout to save 67%. And do it again. WARROOM HEALTH, all one word, WARROOMHEALTH.COM. Go there today. You need, if you're going to be part of the posse, you need a strong heart. You need a lion's heart. How we're going to do that is with Salty. Go there, do it today, check it out.